Hello and welcome to the Denver Gazette Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Schmedeke, and today we're talking all things Colorado Avalanche and NHL, as I am joined by our beat writer, Kyle Fredrickson. All right, I am joined by Denver Gazette Avalanche beat writer, Kyle Fredrickson. Kyle, how you doing today? Doing really good. Not as good as Nathan McKinnon, but, but still pretty fine. Yes, of course, that is the uh, big news that came down on Tuesday. Nathan McKinnon signed a eight-year extension worth, is it $100.8 million? Is that the right number? Yeah, 100.8. You know, the number that everyone has, has really been throwing around is, is that $12.6 million average over the span of that contract, uh, making it that richest in the NHL. But, yeah, total just, just over $100 million. Right, so... Let's. Uh, you had a story today on the front page of the Denver Gazette breaking down the deal a little bit. So why don't you go ahead and uh, tell me your initial thoughts on the deal? Yeah, you know, this this was no surprise. Obviously, Nathan McKinnon was always going to be in the Avalanche's long-term plans. And, and same with McKinnon. You know, he's always been very grateful that the Avs were the, the franchise that drafted him. And, and he always saw guys who finished their career with one franchise as, as role models, guys to look up to. You know, you, you give your heart and soul uh, to one team. You don't see that in pro sports a, a lot, but but hockey's a little different than that. So uh, in terms of the numbers and, and, and what it means for the Avalanche and the NHL, um, also not too shocking either. You know, if I'm, if I'm Connor McDavid, I, I might be laughing or maybe I'm cursing. I'm not sure what my reaction is, but, you know, McKinnon basically getting a salary bump of 100000 more than mcdavid a year now makes him the number two highest paid player in the league uh but you know it, it's worthy of mckinnon uh, being that he's the star player on the team that just won the cup and you can point to statistics as the reason why he's deserving of such a high salary but of course it's more than that you know mckinnon doesn't wear the c that's that's gabe landeskog but he does pretty much everything else a, a captain needs to do to, to motivate his guys he's He's a very emotional leader. He, he basically tells everyone what they think. He, he thinks he's very honest, and, and the team and coaches, you know, accept that feedback, knowing what kind of star he is. Uh, you know, and, and and he really leads them in a way that that no other player does. So, you know, to see him, you know, with the coaches and you know players at that charity golf tournament sit down and sign that contract, it, it was a big moment for the franchise. It, it really sets them up for the long term, knowing that that McKinnon's going to be there. Yeah, and you know, he's a leader on the team. I still think Landis Scott's probably the biggest leader of the team. It shows a lot, but he, he has to be right up there. And he has such high expectations of himself. You know, you remember when they lost to Vegas and he made the comment that they haven't won anything. Well, that's not the case anymore. But also, like, if I looked at the list of the top paid guys in the NHL. I'm pretty sure he's the only one who actually has a cup. I'm, I'm pretty right. sure. Um, right. So, th- I mean, that's saying a lot. But what what are your expectations of him at going into this season? And, I mean, what kind of crazy expectations does he probably put on himself? Yeah, and, and that's a good point. You know, it's he's won this cup already, and, and that was a really big part of his whole motivation, right? Talking about losing it, you know, a couple of years ago in the playoffs. And, you know, he, he hasn't won anything yet. Well, what is McKinnon's motivation? You know, he made that very clear. It's – with this contract, the expectation is that he's going to go win multiple cups uh, for this franchise. Yeah. And that's largely largely based on the success of, of the roster around him as well. You know, McKinnon is the highest played pair, paid player in the league, 
Yet at the same time, when you look at this roster, he doesn't have to be the hero every night when the Avs play. And, and that's the beauty of having talented depth. And, and, you know, even with a lot of the turnover that this team had in the offseason, McKinnon expressed confidence, you know, even a year ago when, when he was injured or other guys were injured. Players in the organization stepped up around him and, and really kind of got them through some tough spots to where McKinnon came back and, and they were just as in a good place as they were uh, when he had left with injury. So, you know, it's it's, it's interesting too. you know, I, I've written a, a couple weeks back that, you know, the Avalanche might as well hand him a blank check because, you know, he deserves it at this point. You know, his previous deal uh, is, you know, Avalanche fans should remember is still in place and it's going to run through the end of the year. The guy's only making $6.3 million. I mean, that's that's literally half of, of his new salary. So here's a guy who knows what his value is in the league and, and just signed this huge extension, but yet he has no problem with finishing out his old contract and, and knowing that, you know, when his next deal is done, he'll be 36 years old. So it sets him up to, to be an Avalanche player for life. Um, you know, as long as they can stay healthy and keep this group together, the, the Cam Cars, the Miko Rantons, uh, Gabe Landeskog, like you mentioned, you know, no, no shade on, on Gabe for those, those captain comments. He's certainly an, an excellent captain for this team. He's proven it. Uh, but they have everything to, to keep contending. And, and it's pretty exciting being that, you know, we've, we've got a new season on the horizon to, to see if they can actually do it. Yeah, so you talked about, you know, all these other star players on this team. There's, you know, and they're all signed for at least five, maybe even six years. Um, you know, what does that, you know, what does that do to their cap situation? And, you know, I think there's got to be crazy expectations on this team with these guys being here for as long as they're going to be here. Right. To your point, you know, it's, it's mostly, you know, multi-year contracts for, for this entire core group. And, you know, th- th- there are high expectations due, due to that. And it's, it's interesting, too, what I'm intrigued by is looking at what the fan attention and interest will be. You know, I think a year ago, a lot of people were just tuning into the playoffs and think, hey, you know, are, are these guys, you know, going to actually win this year? Are they going to do it? Well, they did. And, and now, so going into a new year, the, the entire fan base is on board. People want to know about these guys and what makes this team so great. Uh, and that's a great spotlight for, for hockey in a Broncos town because clearly, uh, you know, the orange and blue is, is reign supreme for a long time, even during bad seasons in terms of fan interest. Uh, but when you put together a, a group like this, it, it kind of sets up the expectation that, hey, let's let's go do do this again. And for McKinnon being part of that group, you know, let's let's see if he can get that hundred point season. It's it's eluded him to this point. He hit ninety nine a few years ago in that eighteen nineteen year. But you know, I really think he's sitting in a place now where his mind's going to be right and, and and playing as as good as he's ever played, being twenty seven years old. Uh, that you know he should be able to lead this group, uh, you know, on some more deep playoff runs. So let's uh, switch gears a little bit as the Avs once again have a new goalie. Uh, Darcy Kemper won the cup with them last year, and he kind of priced himself out. And, and I'm sorry, he went to Washington, correct? Yeah, to the Caps. To the Caps. So the new Avs goalie, they made a trade with the Rangers. Um, I don't want to butcher his name, but I believe it's Alexander Gorgiev. Gorgiev, that's pretty good, Chris. I don't know if you took foreign language in high school, but that's, that's pretty solid. I was practicing it before we were started recording. Okay. Um, so what do you think of him? You know, there is still, you know, Frankie's still around. He won a lot of games in the playoffs when Darcy was out with the eye injury. Is there any goalie controversy? Is, you know, is there a clear number one? I think there's a clear number one because they're paying one of them like a clear number one. But what are, you, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's, it's really intriguing. And, you know, when you think about 
you know, as a reporter heading into training camp starting Thursday at the, the team's practice facility is probably the, the top storyline that, that I'm looking at. Now, I don't know if we're going to learn a lot in training camp about Gorgiev, but we'll see him in pads. We'll get a look at sort of what his fluidity is back there, his, his you know, growing chemistry with that decor. Um, you know, I will say, though, the abs are paying him starters money until we see him in that role and thrive and prove that he can put games together and be reliable night after night, a position he hasn't really been put in his entire NHL career. I think the jury is really still out. And, you know, the other day I, I made five bold predictions uh, in the Denver Gazette looking at the avalanche season. And one thing I said is I do think Pavel Francouz's save percentage will end up being higher than Gorgiev's. Now what that means for who plays more games, who is the ultimate starter you know, I sort of punted on that, just being that I don't know how it'll play out. But certainly from day one, they want Gorgiev to be the guy. They wouldn't have used the assets and, and paid him that salary if they didn't want him to be the starter. Um, you know, we'll see sort of how Francis plays in the early part of the year. And, you know, if the Avalanche start, start to stumble a little bit, you know, we'll start hearing it from fans and readers. You know, why isn't Frankie playing? What are the Avs doing? Um, but it's a good position to be in. You know, that they have a backup they believe in. They have a newcomer they think is on, has star potential. Uh, you know, and the Avs have this history of, of churning out goalies uh, who end up playing really well and getting better contracts than other teams. You know, we've, we've seen it with Grubauer. We saw Darcy Kemper. You know, I think that's probably a reason why Gorgiev saw Colorado as a place where he could play behind some of the best defensemen in the league and, and try to prove that he's one of those elite guys. You know, going on a deep run or, or winning another cup certainly certainly would do that. So, yeah, if, if, if you really want to know, you know, as a reporter, what I'm thinking going into training camp, really looking forward to, to seeing Gorgiev and really throughout the whole year, you know, get to know the guy and, and, and seeing, you know, if he's really the answer for the abs. And one thing, I think it's a pretty good gig to be the abs uh, goalie with the defense core in front of you. Oh, it's, it's beautiful, yeah. <laughs> and the fact that, you know, you know they're pro- – you're not going to have to st- – I mean, you may have to steal games in the playoffs. And we saw Kemper play really well in some of those games, especially in the Tampa – in the Stanley Cup final. But, you know, during the regular season, I don't think the Avs goalie stresses out about giving up two goals. I just don't think sure. that's the way they think. Right. And, and I think the Avs proved last year, you know, you don't have to have ending to win the Cup. You know, he had been one of the best goaltenders uh, in the whole league. But over the playoffs, you know, I, I think he was mostly average. He dealt with that eye issue and had to come back from it. And, you know, give him props for doing that. that. That couldn't have been easy. But when you look at the roster, by no means was that their strength so i think that's one reason why abs fans shouldn't panic too much if you know gorgiev has a little bit of a learning curve or, or it takes him a while to kind of find a groove here so there's also the abs also lost a really other big part of their stanley cup winning team and that was nazim Kadri, who went off to the flames right. um his free agency seemed to go on for eight weeks or whatever it was yes, yes. Um, 87 years i believe was yes yeah i mean he but you know i mean he was such a vital part of the team he loved being here but again like He's a player that priced himself out, and at his age, I, I understand why the Avs did not give him that big contract. With that being said, the number two center spot is kind of open. They made a signing, I don't know what it was, last week or the week before, of, of Rodriguez, who has a chance to be that number two center. Sure. But there's also New Hook and JT Comfer. So what's your read on that? Is that another big storyline going into camp? Yeah, oh, absolutely. And and it'll be the first time that these eyes, guys are all on the ice at the same time and being evaluated by coaches and, and getting this position battle sorted out. You know, the, the abs aren't in panic mode about who's going to fill that spot 
that that Kadri leaves. To your point, a phenomenal player who is deserving of a big payday. Um, but you know, being that he's already you know 31 or 32, by, I believe, I, I think the Avs were smart to to move on, let someone else take a chance on on signing him to a long term deal. And, and you bring three guys, you know, into training camp who all have a very legit, you know, chance of, of getting the job. I do think Rodriguez has the best chance just being that the Avs have a history of going into free agency and, and finding the guy they want for the role they need. Um, you know, of course, they've developed great talent. They've drafted great talent. But in terms of filling a, a very high end role on the roster, you know, you you can't go into a season with with a lot of unknowns there uh and behind rodriguez who starred you know by Sidney crosby in pittsburgh not unlike he's gonna do to a certain degree with mckinnon in this roster there's there's familiarity of of playing your role within a very very talented lineup uh and you know he, he thrived last year and had a breakout year so he's got a one-year contract with the abs now basically a prove it deal saying that hey i can do it again or i can be better and if that's the case then the Avs are going to be in a position to sign him long-term or, or he gets a deal elsewhere. So for both sides, it's great. Behind him, Alex Newhook, in his mind, should think that he's the guy. He's a first-round draft pick. Yeah. There are the expectations of being that guy. He's, you know, through the regular season, you know, played with aggression and physicality well beyond his size. He's not a big guy, but he's not afraid to, to get into to tight spaces and get the puck out and and he's very opportunistic, but didn't get run in the cup. And, you know, when they got to the finals, he was a healthy scratch for, for the uh, the entire series, I believe. And, you know, that's that's mostly just due on matchups and, you know, what the abs need to get done and how well JT Comfort played. And, and that's the third guy in this list that you mentioned. You know, maybe he plays his way into that role. The, if You know, I think the abs are smart enough to think, you know, we're going to put the best and most talented guy at that position. And if Comfer's the guy, it doesn't matter what his you know previous salary was or where he was drafted, what his history was, you know, play the guy. You know, that that's where he needs to be. So really excited to see how it plays out. Uh, seems like three guys with, with good personalities, you know, easy to talk to in the media settings. So uh, getting their insight on, on how this happens uh, will also be really valuable as, as training camp goes on. I think when uh, Kadri was out, didn't they move Miko down to that center spot a couple times? Do you think that's ever going to be a – an option it is it is and i don't think it's it's option a or maybe a permanent option you know i put into a pinch where the abs don't have the bodies to fill roles i think that is when we would see rantanen permanently shift to a center spot but but he's too valuable on the wing with with his size and his shot and just his game uh you know i think the abs would prefer him to play there but he's got the versatility certainly and the high-end skill to be a number two center in this league um you know if, if i'm the avalanche looking at how this top three is going to go i think that Landeskog and Nishushkin might end up being you know a little bit rotational in that wing spot but i think keeping ranting with mckinnon is putting your your highest skill together on the top line and, and if i'm the avalanche i think that's my preference but if they're forced into a hole that's when ranson is, is a great fit for that spot or you know we'll go two weeks down the road and i'll be telling you how much of an idiot i am when he gets the the number two role with everyone healthy there, there's really a, it's hard to tell we'll see how it plays out yeah i mean i could really see them playing with those lines probably i mean early in the season sure, sure. for sure so i mean like we've been talking about this team's full of talent you know they won the cup they're you know defending champs I think we have to talk about uh, the brain trust, like we were talking about earlier, of Coach Bednar, Joe Sackett, Chris, McFar- Chris McFarland. 
I mean, these guys are, I mean, they're the best in the state, without a doubt, and they may be the best in the NHL. Um, my first question is, is Ben Nard underrated? Because it feels like he really is. Like, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to get too negative, but I think we all remember a certain column that ripped him during the St. Louis series. <laughs> but, um, you know, that guy, I mean, he pushed all the right buttons after that game, and I, I just think he's one of the most underrated guys in the league. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, it's it's interesting with Bednar because what else does he have to do at this point? He's, he's won right. a championship with the ECHL, the AHL, and, and now he's done it at this level. I, I don't know of any other guys who, who've had that triple crown. I, I'd have to, you know, do some research or, or a little bit of Googling to find out. But I think he's the only player. one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I just it would be mind mind boggling to me to just imagine that that list is very long. So yeah, so based on those credentials alone, that would be enough. But what I think people need to understand is just really how cohesive this this group is. You know, Chris McFarland, the GM. One big reason that Bednar's even the coach is because they developed a relationship when Bednar was coaching in the Blue Jackets organization, and that's where the Abs ended up plucking McFarland. So when Patrick Wall all of a sudden just left that, you know, basically, you know, out of the blue, shocked a lot of people on the timing. The Avs didn't, you know, have a, a, a lot of time to find a replacement. They, they maybe were a little scrambling, but McFarland trusted that Bednar was an up-and-coming coach and, and had won at every level. He could do it here. And, you know, he was proven right. And, you know, I, I don't need to wax poetic on, on the pod about Joe Sackick to our listeners for, for Avalanche fans this deep into this recording. We appreciate you're still here. But he's a legend, and, and he's proven that with the personnel decisions and the trades that he's made, that he's just been the step ahead of, of other teams and, and making deals and knowing when to move on and, and knowing when to double down on, on a guy's potential. So, you know, we'll see how this year plays out. It's 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 easy to laud in a front office on the, you know, after a, a Stanley Cup. I mean, what an incredible championship, the, the hardest trophy to win in sports, they stay, and, and that's probably true. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how this plays out. But one big reason why this whole repeat thing is you know, I think very feasible, you know, forget the players, look at the front office and, and what Bednar has done. He, he has a, this sort of coaching style that players gravitate towards. You know, one thing I want to learn more about is, is his board work, you know, on, on the bench. I remember watching those playoff games on TV a lot of times and, you know, it wasn't assistants bringing the team together. It was Bednar barking to the group and, and bringing everyone around, you know, I, in those tense moments, he wants to be the guy. And I think there's a lot of coaching staffs, you know, where the head coach isn't quite as involved. So for a litany of reasons, Bednar is a, is a great coach. And for me, he's a great as a reporter because I think he's destined to be doing TV when his coaching career is done. Who knows when that is? But he's such a good talker that it's very easy to, to get information out of him. Uh, he's honest, he's candid, and, and usually has a, a big story to tell you if you ask you a good question. So uh, you can't ask for much more than that. He definitely is very honest with the media. I remember that during the playoffs. When they play bad, he tells the media that they play bad he he doesn't hide much back he doesn't hold much back for sure yeah and i'm okay with a short answer if it's honest right if if, if you don't want to tell me something tell me and let's move on and and a lot of coaches might try to bs you bednar doesn't and uh, i respect that about him it's it's just amazing the leadership in this organization from top to bottom i mean you just go with sackick and mcfarland and then bednar and then even on the ice with landis they're they're set up for a long time 
They are. And it's amazing. Just, you know, five years after being one of the worst teams in the league and, 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 and you know, recording the fewest amount of points, here they are. And, you know, how lucky am I to, to be joining this beat at a time uh, when they're riding this wave? You know, I just, you know, telling just our listeners who maybe aren't familiar with my work, I did spend five years at the Denver Post uh, in a variety of roles covering college football. Uh, I was a full-time Broncos reporter for two years. Uh, and then kind of settled into a, a general assignment position where I covered a lot of things. But in recent years, it's been a heavy focus on the abs and getting to know this locker room and just sort of the special, you know, culture that hockey has uh, has been fun for me. You know, I, I really do believe that among all the locker rooms that I've had the, the pleasure of, of interviewing players in, uh, a few of them feel as authentic uh, as that hockey locker room, just in terms of guys willingness to sit down and, and talk with you and you know being a straight shooter and telling you what you think and uh you know allowing you to really understand the game in a different way so uh gonna be heading to you know 20 some road games through february covering a ton of them i mean 82 games in a season Whew. As, as a football reporter that that stresses me out a little yeah. bit just because i haven't taken yeah. on a schedule like that but you know, bear with me. We'll, we'll, we'll get through it. And, you know, it'll just be more time to tell a lot of good stories because there, there are a lot of great personalities on this team and, you know, being in that road locker room will give me a, a big advantage and, and get to know these guys and, and, and hopefully, you know, bringing you listeners closer to, which is what is really just a really fun team. Yeah. Well, you know, we're definitely excited to have you on board. You know, I'm, I'm new here as well. And, and we're really just ramping up we're ramping up coverage of all our teams, but I think it's great that we're ramping up coverage of the defending Stanley Cup champions and a team that honestly has this market. Like, the, the, this market right now is hockey, and especially especially with the early season struggles of the Broncos. I think everyone's still like, when's training camp starts for the, for the Avs and the Nuggets? Because we want something interesting. Yeah, the NFL is cool, and, you know, I grew up a Packers fan. I, I still watch it every Sunday, but I just... For our listeners, it is not a fun sport to cover, in, in my personal opinion. So, especially when the team is, you know, as Broncos as the Broncos have been. Uh, we'll just start using Broncos as a as a descriptor for things yeah. that are awful because it's it's been a, a very long, you know, course of history. And until Russell Wilson proves us all wrong, uh, that's been the case. But no, hockey's where it's at. I love it. You know, I didn't play a ton, you know, in, in my my life outside of just you know in the cul-de-sac on my rollerblades with my yeah. my neighborhood friends. But uh, it's it's a it's a beautiful sport, you know, once you really learn it, and and hopefully through our coverage for some of those hockey newbies out there, and I know they're out there, uh, we'll kind of get you educated and, and get you, you know, more involved in a sport. That's, that's a lot of fun and maybe not as complicated as you think. And uh, so you'll be heading to media day this afternoon and then training camp tomorrow, and then they already play on Sunday night against Vegas yep. in a preseason yep. split game. split squad. So, so they'll be sending, you know, different parts of the team to different places, but there will be a you know, host in Vegas, I believe, at uh, Ball. All right. So when we uh, – to wrap this up, why don't you go ahead and plug some stuff you're going to have in the next coming days. You also have your NHL Insider coming. So, um, what, what do you have on the what do you have going? Yeah, so looking forward to the weeks ahead here with tra uh, training camp. It'll be interviews with players every day for for three straight days after practice sessions split uh, between the team. So we'll get to know players in terms of the content you can expect. Uh, you know, we'll learn a lot more about Alexander Gorgiev in, in the coming weeks and, and what he's going to bring to this team. And I'll be doing some research about his background and, and, and why the Avalanche are so high on him. Uh, you know, that'll be part of our season preview section. Um, and also Evan Rodriguez. You know, he's a guy who 
who comes in with a lot of hype and a lot of confidence. And, you know, in terms of, you know, immediate content, you know, that'll be a story I'll be trying to get as, as soon as possible after talking to players, even later today. Um, so, you know, getting a sense of, of Erod, uh, as they call him. And that's the <laughs> one thing that I love about hockey. Everybody gets a nickname. Everybody's it's not Jared Bednar. It's, it's Betsy. You yes. know, it's, it's not Nathan yes. McKinnon. It's, it's Nate Dog. So, you know, Erod uh, joining the fold. Uh, happy to have a, another good nickname. Uh, you know, in the locker room. <laughs> so, what, what's yours going to be? That that that's going to be the final question. <laughs> that's, that's a good one. You know, I hate to be the guy who who bestows a nickname upon himself, but with, an, with the last name Fredrickson, you know, I get a little Fred, a little Freddy. You know, okay. sometimes K K Fred. I was going to say K Fred. You know, that's there. Well, well, K Fred's a little too close to K Fed of there the uh, better line Britney Spears saga. And I'm old enough to where that was relevant growing up. So, oh yeah, me too. So, so it's you know I get a little bit of that from from people. But yeah, if, if I ever grow out braids or start dating a pop star, you know, get get help. <laughs> All right, so we'll wrap on that. That's uh, I think that's a perfect ending for this week. So. Uh, we're going to try to do Hockey Talk at least maybe every other Wednesday throughout the season. We're going to mix in Nuggets as well. So, Kyle, we'll be talking more as the season goes along. Uh, it was great to have you, and we will talk to you next time. Absolutely, Chris. It was a pleasure. All right. Thanks, man. Yep. Thank you for listening to the Denver Gazette podcast. Make sure to visit denvergazette.com for all your local news on Broncos, Rockies, Avalanche, Nuggets, and much, much more. We'll talk to you next time.